Good morning. Today is July 22nd, Wednesday. Um, hope everyone had a good uh, Tuesday. Um, but today, as we so call it, is hump day. And so that can mean a lot for a lot of different people. Uh, for myself, it personally means a long day. Um, but nonetheless, I'm excited. I'm excited to see another day. I'm excited for God's sustaining grace in my life your life and so we're excited to be here today um today we are going to jump back into our let's talk segment around uh, racial harmony and ethnic conciliation um, we took a break uh in our last segment and stepped away from it briefly to discuss uh COVID-19 and then just some uh ways to look at it through the lens of biblical suffering and so it's a great encouragement to be back to this topic um, also giving us more time to uh, study and do some research and continue to educate ourselves around this topic and so let me say this out the forefront our aim here is to always start a conversation we want to get people in the same room talking about issues that are often uh, uncomfortable, um, often that have been uh, kind of put under the table, if you will, um, and, and just in one sense suppressed. And so our aim here is to start a conversation, offer some perspective. And so we encourage you as you have these conversations in your own circles, preempt, preempt the conversation with the Bible and end with the Bible. Um, I think, believe it's a very good sustaining ground to to have this conversation on uh, otherwise that it gets very choppy um, in one sense and so um, today if I can tag this segment uh, and give it a title I would just call it uh, race, uh, racism explainer um, simply that racism racism explainer um, I want to keep it really I don't, don't want to give it a big title um, or a big uh, thought to it in a sense of we just want to kind of just talk about some trigger words when you think about uh, racism and, and how we define that and what we mean when we say certain phrases and so I want to kind of just walk through a few phrases that we use uh, to explain different types of racism and then what they what they what we mean by uh, them when we use those phrases um, and so and then how it can help in, in having this dialogue and having this conversation with uh, other people um, I think it's important to understand what we're saying and so we don't want to just be using words because we've heard them or uh, it sounds catchy and so um, this is just kind of more of a educational resource today if anything just to explain some of the wording we use and just hopefully this can help you in your own private conversations in your own sectors uh, of your uh, world and so um, again today is uh, race, uh, racism explainer um, and so before I do jump in it I've been reading this book and so let me say this out to start I want to take a minute if I may I was going to do this at the end but I just do it now it doesn't really matter um, I was going to take a minute I want to take a minute to offer some I think some helpful what we found to be some helpful resources some helpful books that might able to help you uh, wrap your mind around some of the uh, issues and context of what we're doing. And so one of the books I'm reading currently, um, and it's actually my about fourth time reading this book, um, is by Martin, uh, this book called um, uh, 
why we can't wait. Um, it's um, by Martin Luther King Jr. And so um, it's a really good book. Um, and so I'm going to read an excerpt from there to get us started. But another book I want to uh, encourage you to read is uh, Jamar Tisby's um, Color of Compromise. Um, Brian Lawrence wrote a book, uh, Pest Brian Lawrence wrote a book um, some years ago called uh, Right Color, Wrong Culture. Um, that'll be a helpful book. Another book by uh, Martin Luther King um, is Letters from a Birmingham Jail. And then there's a response to that, a more updated response by some uh, pastors. I cannot recall the um, at the top of my head. Uh, Matt, you think you can look it up for me? I think um, it's it's a response to this book called Letters to a Birmingham Jail. So there's two books. There's one is Letters from a Birmingham Jail, and that's by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And then there's Letters to a Birmingham Jail. And this pastor's um, some a pastoral response from um, some more uh, recent pastors uh, up to today. Um, and so it's their response to Dr. King's letter. And so that's a very, both of those are very, I found to be very helpful books. Um, another book I always promote, you hear me talk about Warmth of Other Sons. Um, it's the great, uh, talks about the great migration uh, from Africa. And so really helpful book. Um, really, I would, I would contend out of all these, but maybe this is one to really, really good resource to start with. Uh, there was another book I was trying to think of, Matt. I can't think of it. Um, yeah, so that so that's that's for starters. Um, sure, if you are interested in a lot more resources um, around this, um, as far as you know, uh, podcasts and stuff you want to listen to and are gonna be helpful to listen to, books to read, music to listen to. Um, just trying to wrap here. We we get often we're asked this question: just what some of the resources we think are available. Um, you know, that we know of to, to help around this, this, this conversation. So there's plenty of resources out there, obviously. And so not that the ones I said are the only ones. There's plenty of good ones that I'm leaving out. Um, I don't have a, a list or nothing in front of me. We're trying to get one together, but I don't have one really in front of me. But what we can do is maybe post one um, later um, or come back and, and at another time kind of go into more uh, detailed nuance list that that could help you but just I, I encourage just the educating oneself of oneself around this issue um also I'll, I'll go as far as to say this too read some people that you don't disagree i mean that you disagree with around this issue and just to get a sharper understanding of this issue, of what's going on and so it's easy to read everything within our own um within our camp, right, within, within, within what we believe, it's easy to read from that side of things. But I found to even myself one of the more fruitful things for me is just reading people that I disagree with around this issue and just try to understand that. So yesterday, I don't want to go into a person's name, but yesterday, reading their book, listening to a podcast of a particular um, brother and, and, and person I've come to know and just um, reading some of their stuff and just listening to some of their stuff. And I, I, I'll be honest, I personally just disagree with them. I respectfully disagree with the person, but I, I respect them enough to, to give, listen to, to what they're saying and, and, and try to understand and just, uh, you know, um, 
to, to, to at least consider their perspective, you know, and where they're coming from in their, in their uh, case. And so um, I would say that's been a very helpful, uh, that's been a very helpful thing for me during these conversations. It just, I, I think I can take less offense, <laughs> I found, if you will, um, when I, you know, in, in, in listening to other people's side of this, because I know everybody's not gonna come to the table agree. And then I wanna say this last part, and we'll jump into what, what we're gonna talk about today. It is okay to disagree with people in this conversation. Hear me say that one more time. It is okay to disagree with other people during this conversation. Um, as long as you maintain the dignity, the worth, the value, uh, right of that individual. It's okay to disagree with them. It doesn't mean you hate them, you can't be friends. No, you can still walk together, do life together, and just, hey, we're at, we're disagreements, right? I, I'm, a, I'm a real uh, key component of saying that only God can change the heart, right? So, so let's not come into this conversation thinking, I'm going to say something that's going to change this person's mind, right? You know, and so only God can do that. Only God can change my heart. Therefore, only God can change your heart. And, and then in a moment, and then in the conversations, we, we, the, the aim is really that God will change both of our hearts, right? It's not that, okay, you're looking across the, the table and saying, God changed this person's heart, changed his or her heart. No, it's God changed our hearts, right? Because even even some of my thinking is not right on this issue, and I need God to help me um, learn some things. And so I say that to say, offer grace and patience with one another, but it's okay to find yourself maybe at disagreement. That's where you ask questions, you lean in, you try to empathize a little bit more. But at the end of the day, it's, it's understand this is not a right, wrong issue as it is. It is a right, wrong issue in one sense, and that's another conversation. But let it be a, we want to sit down and have a conversation, right? Get used to talking to people about this. Learn the language of this conversation, right? That, that's that's part of what we're pushing for. So when we say we're offering a perspective, it's to say that, hey, we're trying to get people to come together to talk about this because we know this is a very challenging conversation. And so um, I found that even with my friend Matt, um, who, who does a lot of the um, behind the scenes work for these podcasts and so um and, and some of you have heard his podcast and, and we, we both do the same podcast around the same topic so it's not one against the other or nothing um but you know in me and matt's conversations come from two different walks of life i think some of it just some of the fruit in that has just been giving each other the benefit of giving each other the air to listen to one another and say you know what i never thought about that you know and so we don't come and say you know what I think you're wrong, or I think, you know, it's like, no, it's, okay, I'll consider that. And if I, if I still come to the conclusion that I disagree, that, that's okay, okay, so um, let's jump into this. So I want to read this from the excerpt um, from this book, and I just thought it was uh, very timely um, in one sense, and so it's from uh, Marlis King's book, um, Why We Can't Wait. Um, this is a very good resource again to, to read. It says, I mean, I'm just going to jump in here. Um, it says, if today's church does not recapture the sacrificial spirit of the early church, it will lose its authenticity, forfeit, forfeit the loyalty of millions, and be dismissed as, a rele as an irrelevant social club with no meaning for the 20th century. Every day I meet young people with, whose disappointment with the church has turned into outright disgust. Perhaps I once, be, I once again, I once 
again, been too optimistic. It's organized religion to inextricably bound to the status quo to save our nations, to save our nation and the world. Perhaps I must turn my faith to the inner spiritual church, the church within the church, as the true ecclesia, and the hope of the world. But I am thankful to God that some some noble souls from the ranks of organized religion have broken have broken loose from the paralyzing chains of conformity and joined us as active partners in the struggle of freedom. And so I just want to stop there. I just think that's a very when I think about you know some of my you, you hear me, me talk about this a lot. I'm I overall it is I am discouraged in one sense by the church's big C church response to this issue. Um, surely there are a lot of churches out there doing yeoman's work around this issue. And I am, to that end, I am encouraged. But when I say the overall big C church, I think that we are still today playing catch up to a conversation that we should have been out front leading. And to that end, I'm, I'm calling out uh, many church pastors who have gone uh, not who've gone, who've, who have remained silent around this issue and refused to see uh, the gospel implications around this issue and want to call it a social, social issue or a political issue. It is not that. This is a gospel issue. The gospel speaks to this, uh, speaks to this issue. Uh, racism is a sin against a holy God. Um, the Bible talks about it. And, and so to sit in your churches silently, I, I, I used to say it's it's not an answer. It is actually one of the very loudest answers you can articulate. And so it is not helping. It's, it's, a, it's a push backwards. It is a type of retrogress. It is not helping when we have churches remain silent. That we would teach that God loves people, that God died for our sins, and yet remain silent when it comes to this issue. It's a, it's a type of understanding to, to believe that God can change my life and, and save my life and change my life, but he cannot, he cannot change my heart from, from, from racism. And so it is, it is almost hypocritical, I, and I say this again, and, I, and, I, and I'll get out the way with this, it's hypocritical to look at the world and point the finger and say, wrong, you've got it wrong, Black Lives Matter, and then yet the church has remained silent by and large. Again, this is not talking to all churches. I'm not to, to my brothers and sisters who in the church who have grabbed this thing by the head and, and then tackling it week after week and if are doing real work. Thank God for you. I, I, I just want to say a, a heartfelt thank you. And that extends out even to my white brothers and sisters who have risked their platforms, who have made huge sacrifices who have who have lost members around this issue um, who who have lost friendships around this issue i i know some of you i've, I've talked with you i've, I've prayed with you and, 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 and lamented with you thank you but i'm talking primarily to the ones who have gone silent around this issue uh, this ought not be um, so to that end 
you know, I'll leave it there. Um, and so let's jump into this race, racism explainer. There's a few, when you think about the idea of racism, you know, we all define it a million different ways. And so just for, for, for this conversation, I just want to continue to, to echo the same way I've been defining racism since we started these conversations. And, and so when me and Matt started these conversations and, and we kind of came up with a way to define racism because we wanted to start with the Bible and end with the Bible, you know, preemptive things with the Bible, I, we came to this decision to, or, or came to our way of defining racism is simply this. We believe that racism is a discipleship issue. We don't know each other. And because we don't know each other, we don't know how to listen to each other. We don't know how to walk with each other. We don't know how to see the light from each other's perspectives, right? And so racism out of, out of that burst this type of supremacy that says I am better than, right? And, and tends to look down. And so within that, you get these, or you, you get you get all types of, you get all, yeah, excuse me, you get all types of racism that comes out of that. You get what we call this intra-race racism, right? Then you get, uh, and, and then within within that, you get intra-cultural racism that, that kind of springs up. And so, and the, so that's one side of the argument that we have to look at, right? Then you get, um, you know, and, and then there's, and so let me say this out the, out the forefront. There's a difference between a racist and someone that's ignorant, okay? And so if somebody's just ignorant, let's just call it that. Let's not be so quick to, to point the finger and say racist. You know, that's not what we want to do. But if there's a, is, if there's a real... Uh, if there's a real prejudice on the table, if there's a real uh, sense of racism coming out of a person's heart, we want to expose that too. But... But before we're quick to, to call it out, um, let's 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 really make sure we know what we're calling it. So I want to say this while we're here. It, the best way to I think to approach this this situation and, and, and try to understand racism is I think it's just only right that we start with ourselves. And you say, what do I mean? You know, because there's some people particularly my, my, my chocolate brothers and sisters, we can look at it. I've, I've heard different arguments that we can never be racist, right? That a black person can never be racist. I, I want to push back at that for a minute. Yes, we can. It's, it's the idea or what I just explained a few minutes ago. It's this, it's this what we will call interrace racism. You, you understand what I'm saying? So it's, 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 let me put it this way, just to break it down even a little bit more. It's racism within your own culture, right? It's racism within your own people group. It's racism against your own people. And so, yes, you can. Don't think because you are, well, I can't be racist towards my own people. Yes, you can look down on your own people. Right? And so, so I'm going to give two examples and, and just try to, to try to flatten the curve here. It's, it's when our, our Anglo brothers and sisters, right? Or, or white brothers and sisters, and same whites, and I obviously not politically correct, so I, I'm gonna, probably going to use the, the term uh, Anglo, just, just, but I don't want to classify everybody into that, but Caucasians, you know, it's, it's when they look down on the type of, uh, or when they use phrases like, oh, that's a hillbilly, or, or that's a redneck, right? That's, that's a form of what? There's this level of supremacy rising up within, you know, uh, our Caucasian 
uh, culture, uh, our Anglo culture, and then and so they're 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 uh, making themselves supreme to because they're starting to look now, right, and 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 rise above who they seem as less than, right? It's so, so so yeah, there's this element of, of racism and racism. There's this element of looking at a person as less than, right? You're less than me because of my social status. You're less than me because of my economic status. You're less than me because of my educational status. You're less than me just because of. I'm taller than you. Yeah, we're, we're both we're both white. We're both black, but I'm taller. Than you. Right. So, so there is this idea of racism within inside its own. Uh, then uh, I want to. I'm, I was about to use wrong word. Excuse me. There's racism within inside its own ethnicity, right? Or racism within inside its own race. And so that's a very real thing. And so to to argue that oh I can't be racist because by virtue that I'm black. I think it's. I think we're being a bit ignorant there, you know, and and saying that, you know, um, and so I want to be careful to say, yes, you, yes, you very much can, um, and and it is. And that's why I push this this aim to start with self, because you have to look in self and recognize your prejudice, recognize your your bias, recognize that, and start with yourself and say, hey, do I need to own some of this somewhere in my life, right? Do I need to own maybe the fact that hey, I, I refuse to see you know um or, or or hey maybe you just need to start saying hey I, I i'm not forgiving this conversation right i i'm i'm still angered i'm still upset and you have a right some right so there's this season of grieving lamenting and going through i'm not taking that away from 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 both sides in one sense but from mainly the minority side so i'm talking to my chocolate brothers and sisters, my Hispanic, Latino brothers and sisters. I'm really talking to those of us who've been more marginalized and disenfranchised throughout our historical narrative as a people. And so um, I'm not primarily talking to the majority uh, white culture in the sense of you guys have held the power since the start, right? Now, is that that is not to dismiss there is a real, uh, there is a real type of, uh, uh, poor that happens even in white culture, or, or no, uh, right? And so um, that's not negating or dismissing that I, we recognize that too. But we're saying, by and large, you guys are the power structure. And so, um, and so first, I want to say, okay, so so that's the first thing. Recognize that you can, uh, black and brown brothers and sisters, uh, chocolate brothers and sisters, I, I like to say. You can be racist. Um, it, I, I push back against this idea that I can't be a racist because I'm I'm, I'm black. I, I think that's that's willfully ignorant in, in one sense. Um, and so then, and so so this is what we would call a type of personal racism, right? This is where you need to recognize racism when you're giving heart. So when I start this conversation, I come to the table and just just for my iceberg, I'm saying, you know what? And I'm just using using it. You, you know what, Jeff? Yeah, I'm a racist, a recovering racist by God's grace, and you're a racist. And so guess what? We just come to the table very even. Now, it's not me kind of taking this passive-aggressive approach to make it easy for, quote-unquote, Jeff to come to the table and have this conversation with me. No, it's taking a personal responsibility and ownership in my life because there are areas in my life where I have looked down at and looked at others as less than and degraded and uh, demean, demean people because of, you know, with, even within my own culture, 
and obviously yes sometimes outside of my culture sometimes we're, we're, we're racist against other cultures and, and other ethnicities and we don't even know it you know and that's where I think it's just it's, just, it's a really a mixture of this personal racism and then this kind of ignorance that kind of comes alongside of that. Sometimes some of that is very much ignorance and we need to understand that and recognize it. A lot of sometimes on other times it's, it's just this personal racism that we just not have dealt with in our hearts. And so I want to push this aim to say start with self, right? So the best thing you can do here is before having these conversations, look into your own heart and say, man, have I grown cold hearted against these type of people? Right? Have I do, do I demean? Do I degrade? Right? Do I do, do do I have some prejudice towards? Do I have some some bias towards these these type of people for whatever reasons? Right? You know, and so uh, you can be merely racist against women, black women. You can be racist against white women. You can be racist against men. You can be racist against short men. Racist against thin men. You know, or you know whatever. And so it that it, that carries a lot of. Uh, implications are so 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 the lines I would say they're definitely very there so that so so when we say personal racism it's just you know, very right it's just what it is what it's exactly so take that literally personal racism right racism within your own heart recognize that take ownership and try to start from there and I think it's a, a, a safe gateway to move out of then and then kind of enter the conversation with another person and then we have this other, and this is more a little more complicated, and I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this, but then it's what we call uh, um, another type of racism that we often hear people talk about is what we call this kind of indirect racism, right? It's not really head-on, right? So I, w- I would think that in the, in the year 2020, in what I call the yet-to-be-United States, is you get a lot of this, especially particularly in the, in the South. You get a lot of what we call this kind of indirect racism. So it's not really direct. I, I call it, it's kind of, it's like, okay, you know, it's racism with a smile on his face, right? You know, it's it's, it's, it's courteous. It's, 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 and in one sense, it, comes, it can come across a bit respectful, right? But it's, it's often in, in how we treat people, right? It's like, okay, I, yeah, I didn't say anything blatantly racist, right? I didn't treat you any indifferent. I still gave you the same service, but you know, there's, there, there's stipulations behind it. So this can be, so I, I so, so I, I think the best way to, to really try to describe it is to just kind of flesh it out in example. This could be the kind of, I remember, you know, I'll, I'll just use my personal example in my own life. I remember sitting at a friend's house, uh, white friend of mine. I think I've used this, this narrative before, um, this story before. I remember that a friend of mine's house, he was a white guy and going to meet his family. And, um, you know, so, Obviously, his family's white as well, and we're sitting there at the table, and Grandma makes a very racist comment. He he did forewarn me that Grandma kind of grew up in this kind of cultural context, right? You know, uh, during this time, this this season of her life, and so she's while she's not a what we would call quote unquote direct racist or blatant racist, she says some things that are very racist. This is what I, well, this is what I want to kind of, and so the comment. She, she made a very, you know, uh, what, what she said was, and I'll, I'll just keep it, you know, we want to be always honest on her. She said, um, you know, I was actually looking at her, her bookshelf and she, she walks in the room and says, oh, they taught you how to read. You know, very offensive, very, you know, in the moment. I didn't, you know, um, it, it hurt her to hear that, right? It's, it's, it's a type of indirect racism, right? She, 
I don't even know her heart behind what she said, but but there was this kind of indirectness in that that carried this very strong connotation of racism, right? That there was racism, but it was it was very indirect. It wasn't. She didn't say, "Hey, you know, I don't think you can read, Sean." You know, she didn't say that. But she she and 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 by 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 way of phrasing what she phrased and how she phrases they who first of all we have to ask the question who is they right so so they is already in one sense the meaning and degrading of a, of a type of person right so they whoever they are taught me how to read right so there's just two things that that occur there one we got to break down who's they and then the, the second is who you know then they taught me how to read so you you she has this you know uh, preconceived theory that i can't read right then then that somebody had to teach me, which is true of all of us in, in one sense, but at this age in my life, there was this level of what we just would call indirect racism. So I think that's what I would just call indirect racism. And it, it surely gets the lines, you know, very there and it gets much deeper and even complex, I would argue. That's just an example I just want to put on the table. And so indirect racism is, I, I want to say, just by way of phrasing it as indirect as me, it's not always noticeable. Sometimes you feel the, the, the blow of it and, and really can't even see it. You get what I'm saying? So you can feel the, the pain of it or the, the sting of it, if you will. It, it, but you don't often see, you know. It's, so it's, it's kind of like this, it's, it's when I think about it, and, and it might be a little too explicit, but, but it's kind of like of a, uh, of a spider bite or something like that, or, or just a mosquito bite, right? You, you feel the pain of it, but you've never seen the bite happen, right? Right, you don't often see the mosquito bite you, but you 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 do feel the pain. That's the kind of that's kind of what happens when you think about indirect racism, right? It's like you you feel the pain of it, but you, you it's almost kind of gray in how it fleshed itself out, right? You don't always get to see it. And so then, then we have the more uh, blatant type of racism. So I don't think there needs to be much explained about what we, when we say blatant racism. But blatant racism is just that, right? This 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 person does not hold back, right? They do not hide behind the words. I actually, I'm, I'm going to go this far and it's going to offend some people, but I'm just going to, you know, speak the truth in love. I, I think our president operates in a lot of this, you know, where he's just very, you know, it's, it's who he is, right? Right. So, 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 you know, um, he, he can't hide who he is, right? This is a very kind of very just I almost kind of I want you to know who I am I want you to know what I think about this what I feel about this there's no hiding behind my words I'm not being gray in this you know I'm just very much and so these are people these are where people you know like your KKK operates out of these are people who just make it known that hey I don't you know uh, like you I don't see you as equal I don't you know and so there's going to be no hiding around and so you we, we pretty much know our blatant racist um, um, I think we all you know, especially when we think about this conversation, you're like, yeah, that's that's a blatant. So just take that. This person, again, does not hide behind what they're saying and how they're treating you. They're, they're making it known, right? You know, so um, we recognize these people. These are the people that we, we need to be, to obviously be wary of. As we need to be wary of all these type of people, we need to, to recognize this. And even if there's some, if you recognize some of this in your own heart, I would just call you to repentance and just ask that God would only do what he can do in your heart and that's ultimately changing, you know, only God can change your heart. And so um, if you recognize this, you know, I say, hey, you know what, I need to own it. I, I, I've, I've been a blatant racist, you know. Um, 
confession is, is obviously good for the soul, but it's definitely a start in this conversation. And so, yeah. And then the last one is, is the one I think our culture, um, or really this last one has kind of been a hot topic. Um, you know, a lot of people feel very iffy because I think the first three types of racism that we, you know, we, we kind of broke down is, I don't think by and large, nobody kind of disagrees with those ones. But this last ones, I, I found a lot of pushback is what we call systemic racism. Or, or another way of understanding this is institutional racism. Um, we're racism that happens because of systems put in place that is meant to target and go against certain people groups, right? And so there's a lot on, there's a lot of people on one side of our argument saying, no, this idea of, of, of systemic racism, that's just a myth, right? That's just you guys, you know, um, you, you're making that up. That's not really real. You know, that's, that's, that's you know, propaganda or whatever you want to call it. You'd be hard pressed to argue against uh, systemic racism. I think a lot of even when we talk about this conversation around police brutality, it is because a, a system, right, a real system has been put in place. This is not to say the whole system of policing is bad, but it is to say that the system of policing needs reform in our country, right? The judicial system, our judicial system needs reforming right you know there's these systems in place that does seem like based on the historical narrative it seems like it targets so when you think about just the breakdown in the judicial system and how you know uh, a white man can, uh, can commit a crime um, and a black man can, can both can commit the same crime the white the black man is going to get more time most likely you know get a harder um uh get a harder sitting sentencing than than the white man uh, this is historically true, right? This is not, this is not, or uh, statistically true. This is not just me saying this, you know, as a, as a black man. This is statistically true uh, through, through many studies. And so these are type of systemic, what we call systemic uh, forms of racism. Um, and so very much organized. Again, this goes deep. Uh, this is predicated back to when you, you think you got your pro-laws and stuff like that. This, this, this is not something just new. This is not 21st century type racism. No, this is very uh, embedded within our country, within our culture um, as a people, um, and, well, as American people, excuse me. And so under understand systemic racism is real. And this is where we have, that's why we, we, we push towards voting and, 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 and right legislate, uh, legislation um, to get the right people in, in office in place because we need to change the system currently in place in a lot of areas, right? And I just scratched the surface. I don't even have time to really get into all of it. But there's a real system in place that goes against and, and, and marginalize people and disenfranchise people uh, based on a lot of different uh, levels. And so here's what I do want to say in light to all this in closing. I've seen this and, and, I, and I continue to see it, even from well-intentioned brothers and sisters on both sides, both black and white brothers and sisters. Um, and, and even some of my Hispanics and Latinos and uh, Asian brothers and sisters. In our I, in our fight to eradicate and push against and dismantle this idea of white supremacy, there can there there's almost if we're not careful, we can almost replace it with a type of black supremacy. The idea is not that anybody is supreme to anybody. The idea is that we're all seen on equal as 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 
men created in the image of God. So we start with the Magu Dei, right? We're created in the image of God. And so that puts us all on the same plane. And then no one carries this high, uh, this level of hierarchy or, or this level of su supreme to, right? If anybody supreme to, it's only the Godhead, right? It's only God, right? By virtue that he's creator. Okay, so so no man gets to trump this walking around with this trump card that I'm better than that I'm I'm yeah I don't care how much money you make your your social uh, stat your social status your, your economical status your 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 uh, educational status none of that makes you any more better than okay human 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 uh, humanity when you think about the creation account it's the only thing that God gave. A level of power too in setting us apart from the rest of creation um, and and that's this is another conversation but I say this in closing is when you look at the creative quarter creative order account when when God created men one he said when, when he did something different when you look at the way he created the rest of the world he said let us create man in what our image right you know in my image and so it's what it's the image of God that we created to so therefore every man every Man and woman. So when I say man, I'm using that just to talk about just mankind in general. I'm not negating women or dismissing women. Um, but when when we talk about when we understand man being created in the image of God, that means guess what? All men on earth uh, carries uh, uh, value um, and intrinsic worth, right? And dignity. You know, and, and I, I can keep going on and on it, right? So, again, this looking down on this oppressing down of this oppressing down of other people is, is is wrong, and we must address it. This is why we push towards this issue, this end to end racism. Again, and that's especially within our church. Again, the fact that again our churches are still segregated on Sunday morning is an issue. Yet we're going to turn around and say we love God and we love people. It's hypocritical, right? You know, in the, in the world, in the secular world, we, we you know, because it, it concerns me that the church will be, you know, by and large, become so silent on this issue. Yet you got unregenerate people actually more offended by this than some church people are. Another conversation. So we, we, we talked about just basically really we just wrapped our mind around kind of four ideas of racism. Uh, and when we try to, or types of racism that we we often hear discussed. Obviously, these are not the only four. These are just the four that we 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 seem that seem to stand out a lot in conversations. And so we just felt the need to address them. Actually, been asked to address these for a long time now. We're just now getting to a place where we can kind of put them on the table and talk about them. I, I again, I think we just touched the surface. Uh, it goes much deeper. I'm just trying to get you to think about these things. Have a conversation with your loved ones, with people around you, with people in your your sphere of life, and just kind of again have this conversation. And so, keep talking about it, keep recognizing. If you see it in your own heart, just step one: take ownership, responsibility, and move forward. Right? You know, you don't have to walk around in the guilt and, and shame. But the, the 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 first step is taking ownership and responsibility. And so, say all that in closing. I love you guys. Keep having this conversation. It's needed. We appreciate your your um, your emails, your comments. Your um, we appreciate all that. Keep sending in questions. Keep giving us topics to talk about. We appreciate it all. Um, we look forward to continue to have this dialogue. We're looking forward to even bringing guests on in the near future. Um, I say all this in love. We love you guys, and um, we can we can really find hope. You know, uh, to to see 
this uh, conversation come to end um, that, you know, maybe, you know, I, I tell you my heart in this all the time is that, that my, my future kids wouldn't have to have this conversation when they're 20, 30 years old. And so, um, you know, we want to see real change in our, in our world. You know, we know this is not what it ought to be, you know, and so to that end, keep keep pushing. You know, uh, these conversations are just the launch pad. They're not the end goal in itself. They're just to get you talking, get people in the same room that, that's normally not used to talking to each other. Listen well to each other. Listen to the heart. Listen past the words and hear the heart. So say, that, um, say all that in closing. Again, that's our time. And so until next time, stay safe, wear your mask, and know that we love you. Thank you.